Hey, welcome back to another episode. It's me, Matt C. Smith. Um, thanks for coming back. Uh, today's episode is a super interesting one because you may well have seen in the news recently, you can't really have missed it, to be honest, um, the the IPO, the um, initial public offering, um, basically the listing of a company called Bumble, which you may know as a dating app, um, which uh, was founded by a, an incredible um, a woman called Whitney Wolfhard. Now, um, Whitney Wolfhard has obviously been all over the press recently, but um, there's a story that I realized within her story that I think is really worth telling. Uh, and that's the one I'm going to tell you today. Um, it's a story of a 31-year-old billionaire, a self-made billionaire who's used her company to, you know what? I'm not even going to spoil it. I hope you enjoy. I'm going to need you to take yourself back to 2012. London was hosting the Olympics and the summer air was filled with the sound of the latest hit song, Gangnam Style. Over in the US, a 22-year-old Whitney Wolf had just left university to start a career in technology. Her first job was at an incubator called Hatch Labs, which had set out to build mobile apps for the exploding smartphone sector. Just as she was starting out, her marketing talents were noticed by one of the teams working in the accelerator. So they poached her, they brought her into the team. They were working on a dating app. Do you remember which dating app that was? That was the little known company called Tinder. She quickly rose to the role of VP of marketing and thanks to her early contributions, which were instrumental to the early growth of Tinder, she was awarded with a co-founder status, which sounds like a pretty good startup story so far, right? Fast forward two years, and in 2014, Tinder was one of the most successful and fastest growing apps in the world. But at the age of 24, Winnie was kicked out of the company, stripped of her co-foundership title due to allegations of sexual harassment from her ex-boyfriend, Justin Mateen, one of Tinder's founders. But instead of shying away defeated, she sued Tinder and won a million dollar payout, equity in the company, and a reinstatement as one of the co-founders of Tinder. However, after the sharp rise to fame and subsequent tabloid heavy crash out of Tinder, despite her winning and her being in the right, she was a target for loads of online trolls and she received a huge amount of hate online. Sick and tired with all the misogyny she experienced at Tinder and in the newly created dating industry that she helped to create, she decided her next move had to be something that was more passion driven. What she wanted to create was what she was lacking personally, an online safe space for women. She was gonna call it Merci. However, just before she got started, she got a message from an old acquaintance, Andrei Andreev, a Russian billionaire and the founder of the world's number one dating platform, Badoo. He wanted to hire her as a CMO of Badoo, quite literally the opposite of what Whitney wanted to do next. She wanted to move away from dating and put women back in the driving seat. Merci was her aim, that was her, that was her goal. Andreev, recognizing her entrepreneurial passion, said, yes, you should do that, but do it within the dating industry and reshape it in the way that you want it to be. And he would invest the first $10 million. She'd be the founder and CEO with a 20% stake. What would you have done? Let me know in the comments if you would have accepted or not. Obviously, she did. It was too good of an opportunity to turn down. So the 24-year-old Whitney Wolf accepted. But what to do? The dating space was already becoming super crowded and 90% of the startups that were created in that industry failed. Nonetheless, Whitney realized she was onto a winner. The all too often overlooked other half of the global population, women. Inspired by the Sadie Hawkins dance, a ball where women ask men to attend, not the other way around, she thought to herself, what if women could make the first move? Send the first message. And Bumble was born. 
Launched in December 2014, it was an immediate success with 100,000 downloads in its first month. And over the next few years, they would reach over 100 million users in 150 countries, having initiated 1.7 billion first moves on the platform to date. And in 2021, Bumble just IPO'd, making Whitney the youngest female CEO to take a company public in the United States. With shares of Bumble rising nearly 70% in its trading debut, reaching a $13 billion valuation, making Whitney the world's youngest self-made female billionaire. Doing so in a power move with her one-year-old son on her hip. A tech success, right? But that's not the end of the story, nor the point. What Whitney has used Bumble as a vehicle to achieve for women's rights is the real success story. I'll explain. During her time as CEO, she's used that power to make one of the single greatest contributions to changing the status quo on outdated gender norms. She initially set out to create a dating company, which she evolved into a relationship company, and today it's a global movement. What was so unique about the Bumble team is that in the early days of their product, they realized that women weren't just using the tool for dating, they were in fact using it as a safe space to make new friends. So they created an additional feature, Bumble BFF, a simplified way to create meaningful friendships. And then they even took this one step further by creating Bumble Biz, which is kind of effectively LinkedIn for women. Whitney is one for power move statements. So when they were gonna launch Bumble Biz, they intentionally chose the Four Seasons restaurant in New York as the launch venue. Because after all, this is the location where the men's power lunch was born, sending a signal to the world that things are changing. Whitney's foresight in moving from a dating app to a relationship-driven social network is a brilliant business move. Because if you think about the lifetime value of a customer in the dating industry, it's quite short because if you're any good or if you're successful at matching people, you will effectively cannibalize your own user base. Since then, Whitney and her team have not stopped at using technology and Bumble as a tool to rid the world of male domination. They started by developing an image recognition software that can detect if a man is sending a woman a lewd or <clears throat> nude photo and warn that user that that's what's being sent. This is called a private detector, love the name. They even recognized that men's shirtless mirror photos were the most swiped left photo. Boys, I hate to break it to you, but women don't want to see it. So they actually banned shirtless men's photos. Then she even went one step further to end the world of unwanted dick pics by actually lobbying for a bill to be passed in Texas that made the sending of lewd photos, lewd, nude, unwanted, unconsensual photos illegal. Whitney, another power statement move. Then she went after one of the most male-dominated industries, sports, and specifically the halftime show at the Super Bowl, commissioning a halftime ad campaign starring Serena Williams called The Ball Is In Her Courts, which was developed and created by an all-women team. She even formed the first all-women esports team of professional Fortnite players to appeal to gamers. But this has to be her biggest move yet, closing the gender economic gap, which currently stands at 256 years. Yes, I said that correctly. It'll take 256 years to close the gender economic gap, the gap between men and women's economic power in the world. And she's gonna close that gap by creating the Bumble Fund in which she's attracted female leaders from around the world to invest in the new generation of female-led tech companies. So what's next for Whitney Wolf Heard? Well, she's only 31 and she's done all of that already. And now she's teaming up with Priyanka Chopra Jonas to subtly rebalance the gender roles in India, because currently to this day, 90% of marriages in India are still arranged. Whitney, I wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much for listening. Um, I really hope you enjoyed that episode and maybe got some uh, insight from it. 
Um, and I, don't forget that this podcast is also a video um, and it's actually kind of mainly made as a video on YouTube. So if you're interested to watch this audio or if you just want to see um, sort of how we put it all together visually, please head over to Lunacorn on YouTube uh, as well as reading this article um, at Medium, uh, Lunacorn on Medium, or you just head straight over to lunacorn.tv uh, and you will find all of our content and articles there. Uh, and as, al- as always, every article you can read, watch or listen to. Anyway, I'm Matt C. Smith. This is Lunacorn on, well, podcast because you're listening to it um i hope you have a wonderful day and i look forward to speaking to you maybe if you reach out to us on any one of our channels ciao